All right, everybody. Welcome to Buffy Speak. Today, <laughs> Beth and I have done the intro three times now. This is the third time we're doing the intro, everybody. I was going to be cool about it, but I was like, why lie? Why, why Shit's lie to not our, working. Our loyal Shit is listeners. not working. Um, it's so been a rough week. Yeah. Yeah, it has. It's been a really rough, really rough week. Really rough week. All right. So this is Buffy Speak. Today, we're not mm-hmm. talking about Buffy. We're talking about Harry Potter instead. Specifically... Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone, if you're that kind of asshole, but we say Sorcerer's Stone. I tried to say Philosopher's Stone. Yeah, I tried to say Philosopher's Stone when I was in high school, and I was like, you know, a dick, and I was like, um, it's technically Philosopher's Stone. I was totally that guy, but now I'm a normal person, so I don't do that. (laughs) Well, it's not, Um, he's not a philosopher. He's not. He's Nicholas, definitely a sorcerer. Nicholas Flamel is a wizard. But I guess, I mean... Okay, so Nicholas I mean, Flamel made the made the Sorcerer's Stone, right? Yeah. And so maybe he is a philosopher because he was, like, philosophizing about, like, life Mortality. and death and yeah, things maybe. like that. So I guess he's... A, we're all philosophers, if you really want to get philosophical about it. But yeah, we're all... We all... Dust in the wind. We're all in a, on a yellow submarine. Yeah. If you think about it. We all live Um, there. So, (laughs) we're talking specifically about Sorcerer's Stone, and in order to guide us through the podcast, Beth has looked up some scholastic... Discussion. Young readers discussion questions. Yes. So we're just gonna walk right through there, and then if it gets terrible, we'll make up our own questions. Mm -hmm. So... Come along for the ride. Yes, to refresh everyone's memories, this is Sorcerer's Stone. Harry finds out he's a wizard. He goes to Hogwarts. He meets Ron and Hermione. He thinks Snape is the bad guy. What else is new? Um, it's Quirrell. Lots of thing. Ha- lots of things happen. Voldemort is in the back of a guy's head. Yeah, Voldemort comes back after eleven years. It's all. It's all tons of fun. Um, yeah. Okay, so I'm on the. Presented by the Harry Potter Reading Club. <laughs> Discussion Great. questions. Okay, number one. Why does Dumbledore decide to have Harry grow up with the Dursleys? This is a good one. Rather this is than actually a really good one question. of the wizarding families. How does Harry's experience with his relatives build his character? That's a bit presumptive. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, let's start with the first part. How does why does Dumbledore pick the Dursleys? I th- I think Dumbledore picked the Dursleys because in his mind, um, it. I mean, he says it in he says right. it in the book. He says, um, "I just I'm I'm rereading this right now." So I'm, oh my god, do you actually have the book in your lap right now? I wanted to have it for reference. He he says something <laughs> like, um, uh, he, "He says he doesn't want Harry to grow up famous, right? Yeah, he wants Harry like, to have like a normal life." He basically says, like, can you imagine what it would do to a, like, a, a little boy's ego to have everyone know who he is? Yeah. Which, like, I mean, I can see where he's coming from. I think he definitely has his heart in the right place. Yeah, he um, didn't know that they were gonna, you know, ruin his life. It's also, um, I mean, if you just have the Sorcerer's Stone in mind and you don't take in the fact that, um, Lily's protection is right. on that house... Until uh-huh. he turns 17, um, which is the actual reason why he has to stay at the Dursleys, because their blood yeah. their blood protects him, basically. But, um... 
Do you think that Dumbledore... Because he tells... Dumbledore tells Harry about that in, like, what, fifth year? Uh, I don't remember. It's, it's somewhere around there, maybe fifth or sixth. Yeah. Definitely one of was, those two. No, it wasn't... Okay. Or maybe it was, was it early the end? It might have been because the end wants, of five. Because he, like, wants to move in with Ron. Doesn't Ron invite him to live at the borough? Sirius or something invites like him that? to live with him at, in oh, the end at of Prisoner of Grimald. Azkaban. I don't know. I don't we know don't either. know when he finds out, but he does say, Dumbledore does tell him and be like, that's the safest place for you, that's why you have to stay there, that's why you have to go there. Yeah, you can't. Blah, blah, blah. You can't, you can't, like, once you don't call that place your home anymore, the spell is lifted right. and Voldemort can find you. Yeah. Um, um, do you think that he knew that that was a thing before? Like, whenever he decided to place Harry with them? I don't, honestly. I don't think he did. Um... Because Lily and James just died. Yeah. They had died, like, the day... They died the day that Harry got to the Dursleys. dropped off, yeah. Yeah, of course, so there's no way that he would know. There's no way um, It's been, like, less than 12 hours. Which is interesting, because McGonagall... McGonagall was there all day. She was um, hanging out at Privet Drive. And then when Dumbledore comes to drop... Harry off, she's like, surely you can't be leaving him with these people. Right, yeah. Like, like, she warns him against them, and he's like, they're his only relatives. And I mean, sorry, um, we're making dinner. <laughs> um, in a perfect world, your relatives will be the ones who take care of you and love you. Um, but that's not the world Harry lives in. Right. Um, and uh, On that note, what do you think it does for his character? I have an answer for this. Um, I think, uh, it's really hard to, to say because, um, there's a part in one of the books where Harry, where Petunia, like, swings a frying pan at him and he just, like, ducks his head. Like, it's all a matter of course. Like, um, I mean, Petunia and, like, I don't know. You, we, there, you can argue that Petunia actually cared for him all along. It's debatable. You can? Um, I mean, eventually she's like, in the, wasn't there, oh god, it, you know, it's, it's, it hasn't been that long since I reread the books, but I can't remember if she, there's ever a point where she talks about Lily to him. I don't think she ever really she, cares about him. She I think does. She does. Like, she tells him whenever she's like, can you imagine what it was like? She's magical. She's this. And then you show up, just the spitting image of her and your magic, too. Like, she talks about her jealousy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, She so, does have that moment. Yeah. Um, but that's the only time that she ever talks about Lily. I, I mean, I guess there's that one point where it's like, you think you just lost a mother that night. I lost a sister. And mm-hmm. she's that moment, too. And I don't. I don't think that's from the movies, because I haven't seen the movies in a very long time. That's a deleted scene from the movies. I know that's a deleted scene from Deathly Hollows. I don't remember if it's in the book. Um, I think it might be. I'm not sure. I think it is. But, uh... um, But she doesn't care for Harry, in my opinion. There's no denying that Harry grew up in an abusive household. There's, like, no denying, because he's starved. He, you know, they they turn a blind eye when Dudley and all of his friends beat up on him. They, like, barely... They they keep him alive. 
Yeah. Which is like And the, even then, barely. Yeah. So, um, it's hard, you know, uh, I think what it did for his character, like, uh, I saw, I saw this, um, rationalization of Harry and a lot of his actions and, um, specifically regarding the event of, uh, what's that girl? the Phoenix? Oh. No, no, no. Um, Floor, sorry. Floor's little sister. Uh, oh, in, in Goblet of Fire when he saves when he saves Floor's little sister because he thinks she's gonna die mm-hmm. if Floor doesn't come down to get her. Yeah. And he like you know, everybody's making fun of him being like, Did you seriously think that Dumbledore was that they just were gonna, gonna let kill her? her? Yeah. And Harry is genuinely like, Yes, I thought that was gonna happen and I think that just like um like, I don't consider Harry, like, a negative person or, like, a pessimist or anything, but that, like, cynical view of the world, like, not even considering the fact that, like, oh, maybe they're not gonna let her die. Maybe whenever I bring Ron up to the surface, maybe I should ask somebody and be, like, right. is somebody gonna get her? Like, he doesn't even think that. He's just, like, they're about to kill her. Time is almost out. I'm going back down to get her. Because in Harry's mind, um, nobody's gonna help him except for him and like some mm-hmm. of his friends and not even everybody and so like it's it's that savior complex that's what the the post was about i saw it on tumblr and like um great harry potter meta on tumblr yeah i know it's so good um great discourse <laughs> but uh, uh yeah uh <laughs> but yeah like people were talking about his savior complex and like the reason he has that is because he knows that it's like like people will just not not care about you at all and harry is somebody who does care so much so like you know what he feels really compelled to show that and to act on it because nobody else ever has mm-hmm. and I, he thinks he's the only one's gonna do anything and i think that's completely based on the fact that uh that you know he was treated so poorly as a kid he's never gotten support you know i listened to this really excellent podcast um it's called Imaginary Worlds, and it's mostly it's mostly about like fantasy and sci-fi and like fiction and stuff like that. Um, right. But they're they're doing a um, a series on magic mm-hmm. in fiction, and so they've had a couple of Harry Potter episodes, and there is this really fantastic episode about Harry um, and the effects of war and trauma and PTSD. Mm-hmm. And um, they had some abuse survivors come on, who who are also really big Harry Potter fans, come on and talk. And um, they said something, one of them said something that I had never considered before, but makes total sense, is um, Harry, uh, because he because growing up for a huge part of his life, he had no adult figures that he could look up to. Um, like, we can assume that none of his teachers really cared about him. Um, obviously, his aunt and uncle hated him uh and so when he gets to hogwarts and he finds people adults that care about him namely dumbledore he latches on and idealizes them to this huge like full extent like there's no way dumbledore can ever be wrong right he cares about me and he wants me to be safe yeah no one has ever wanted me to be safe before and um that's a result of of trauma and abuse and um actually that i really like this reading of harry 
that is puts in his naming of Albus Severus into such a more human light, I think. Because I think we all, like, that's such a dumb name. Yep. And there are so that's, many... I mean, that's how I feel about it. So many better people in the series you could have named your kid after. Than, cough, cough, than Lupin. D- yeah, Lupin, Neville, like, yeah. Fred. Although there is already a Fred. But, yeah. um... Uh... Anyway, um, but I like the reading that's like Harry idealizes good people, like good adults, so much uh-huh. that I mean. So Dumbledore, obviously, Dumbledore is like this huge father figure to him. Dumbledore's like the only dad he's ever had until Sirius comes along, right? Um, and Severus, he finds out, you know. In book seven, Severus is like, I mean, objectively, a very selfless person. Like, eventually, I mean, eventually he's very selfless. He's still horrible. I still hate Snape. But um, you think, hold on. I don't think that Snape is a selfless person at all. Not even after he finds out about, I mean, like, obviously he like, he only, he only wanted to save, to, um, uh, the only reason Harry he switched he's Lily's kid. Yeah, and like even still, he didn't want to protect Harry. I mean, didn't there's that's there's that scene where he's like he's crying to Dumbledore and Lily and James haven't died yet, and he's crying to Dumbledore, being like, "Please save her, please save her." Yeah, because he do whatever, and he and Dumbledore says he's like, "So you discard uh, her husband and her child just for her." And and he's like, yeah, like doesn't even think about it. It's just like, yes, yeah, yeah. I don't care about them. You like, disgust just, me. Yeah, and oh. like, ooh, harsh. And there's that moment, and I think that the only reason that he like, I don't know, switches sides or whatever, if you even want to call it that, like, I think the only reason that he does that is because he knows he's like supposed to but Mm -hmm. i feel like he's just trying to be a good person because he knows that that's what lily would want for him like i really just don't think he gives a shit about anybody Mm -hmm. i think he's just he's that type of person that like acts like a good person just because they know they're like supposed to be or because they're trying to make up for something not because they're a genuine person and like that's not to say that the the results of that aren't good like somebody Okay, so somebody who is a really bad person and they do something horrible to you and then they bring you a cup of coffee the next day to, like, apologize or, like, make up for it. Like, the coffee's awesome and I'm still totally going to capitalize on that, but, like, that person is still a bad person. So, like, yeah, he did some cool stuff with, uh, you know, the war, the war of the wizarding world. He (laughs) helped a lot, but he's still a bad guy. He's still think, a super bad guy. Do you think um, uh, there was any way he could have atoned that would make his actions acceptable? To stop doing the actions? Yeah. I, I mean, like, he stopped being a Death Eater, but, like, the, the actions that I'm speaking specifically about are, like, the way he treats the kids, the way he abuses every Gryffindor. Harry and, and I mean, Hermione he's had, and Neville. Yeah. Right, and I mean, I mean, not even every Gryffindor, just like everybody who's not Slytherin, and um, and even then, I'm sure he still did it to some Slytherins, but like, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, so like he's had that position for years, 
So it's years of abuse, and like, and those kids have him for multiple years as well. Like he's he's consistently their potions teacher. That's so interesting. And, I had never. And there's things like that. And so, like, I'm not talking about like, yeah, he killed people. He did stuff. I think, um, I think that the actions that he did later in the books to, uh, you know, like giving Voldemort false information, helping helping people out. I think that atones for his work as a Death Eater like killing people and stuff like that. I think that atones I think he fixed that. What but he never stopped being terrible to everybody around him. Mhm. He never actually helps people other than like giving information and like leaning the odds towards the good side. And yeah. even then only barely. I mean, he gives false info, but they still uh I'm talking about uh the night that he leaves the Dursleys in Deathly Hallows. Like he um you know, he gives the false info, but they still show up. So mm-hmm. it's like, I don't know. I don't it's, think, I think the only thing that could have atoned for it is if he would have, like, stopped, uh... Torturing being, those kids? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And he it, never does, even when he is being a good guy, quote-unquote. Huge an, air quotes on that. What an interesting character. Ah, oh, I really... He's real. He's a really amazing fascinating. character. Fascinating. I really... I mean, I, I hate Snape. But I love Snape. Yeah. Did y'all feel? Yeah. I really Jaw care definitely a lot about feel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay. Um, What's question two? Uh, why does it take so long for Harry's wand to choose him when he visits Diagon Alley? What is special about his wand? Why does Ollivander say the wand chooses the wizard? I feel like that's a lot of conjecture. I feel like that requires a lot of guesswork. Like, yeah, into the world it's of Harry Potter. It's a lot of just, like... I mean, the answer to that question is magic. Like, it's, <laughs> it's magic. Don't worry about it. Calm down. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I've mean, always thought the idea of the twin cores has always... That, that's been so interesting to me. Like, that's one of my favorite things about the plot. My favorite things about the Harry Potter plot are, like, the really tiny things. So it's like, yeah, Harry was the chosen one, and that's really interesting, and that's a huge part of the story. But what makes it more interesting is the fact that it could have been Neville. It could have been Neville. You know? It could have been Neville. And, like, like Harry and Voldemort are mortal enemies, and they, like, they will battle to the death, and they'll kill each other, but also their wands are the same, and they have very similar upbringings. Like, the pair, like, just the tiny things, the, the like, the layers on top of the core mm-hmm. story of, like, the chosen one and him versus Voldemort, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's the layers that make it so exciting. I've always loved the twin cores thing. Yeah, and it's so, I mean, like, it's such, um, J.K. Rowling does, oh, God, I'm I'm always going to be so in, I was thinking about this recently, I think if I ever met her, I think I would, I would genuinely just, like, break down. And, you like, think? I, I do, because, like, I just, her writing is so, like, it's so subtle, and her characters are so cool and well thought out. And They're like, so well thought out, and very and just very. She took she took children's literature seriously. Like she, yeah, she she like didn't assume that these kids like that kids won't be able to understand these really deep like. And I mean, I'm 24, and I just finished reading the series in February of this year. I found uh-huh. so many things I'm. I just never thought about. Yeah, I, I find in, I find new stuff. Whoa! Every single I'm time. <laughs> every single yeah, time. Yeah, every time I, go I back. read it, 
every time I watch the movies, too, even, I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot he says that. Wow, that's really important, and this is why he says it. And if you think about this later, then, like, yeah. There, there's this one quote that I, I, I just must have, I don't know why. It's after Dumbledore dies uh-huh. um, in Half-Blood Prince, and it's like, it's, like, in the last chapter, and Harry and Ron and Hermione, like, they've decided they can't go back. They've right. decided they're going to fight. Um, and Harry just has, it's just this one paragraph and it's heartbreaking. And he says like, he, he, it's basically him saying, I can never like, I can't go, I can't live life like with anyone else basically because everyone dies. Everyone Mm -hmm. I love dies. All my role models have died. Isn't he talking to Jenny? Is that what it's, you're talking it's, about? It's not. It's it's um. It's kind of like a. It's like a narrative kind of thing. It's like him oh, thinking. Okay. Um, he right. does say that. He does say similar things to Jenny, like in the beginning of Deathly Hollows. Right. Um, but uh, it's just is really, and he's, and it's just him coming to the realization that I, that like, it's kind of like Buffy, honestly. Um, yeah. It's he's coming to the realization that he's alone. I mean, he's not like. It takes him forever to actually really understand that Ron and Hermione are there for him. But um, it takes him literally before he's intending to die. The moment that he tells them that he's going to go into the forest and they're like, we're coming too." that's the moment that he realizes after seven years of friendship. And that's the moment that he's like, wow, my baby, I love him so much. They're really my friends. It's like, yeah, are you kidding me? Duh. (laughs) Um, but, uh, yeah, like, um, he, it's just such a, like, really just very, very sad sentiment. And, um, I'm, I just, I, 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 the last time I read this, you know, when I was ending in February, I read that and I was just like, oh my gosh, like you poor thing, like you poor, poor kid. I just felt like heartbroken. Yeah, that's another thing that, like, uh, so the first time I read Harry Potter, I was 12, and um, I tore through them in, like, two weeks. But, you know, at first, Harry's Harry's 11, and you're like, okay, I understand how Harry feels, and then the older he gets, the more, like, like remember how you thought about 17-year-olds when you were 12? Yeah, like, this, and this you're like, grown that's up. That's a grown-up. Can you vote? Like, you drive a car, you're a grown-up. You have a driver's license, you're good. But now that I'm 20, and, like, now now they're just, like, I know 17. My little brother's 17. My little brother, he's about to turn 17. Yeah, Colby's 17. Can you believe that? Oh, my gosh. Um, I know. Um, But he's turning 17 next month, and I'm just, like, picturing, you know, I mean, he's tiny. He's a tiny baby. And, like, just, like, seeing 17-year-olds now as an adult, I'm like, oh, my God. It makes Harry Potter a thousand times sadder. And I know that, I mean, the reason for his age is because, you know, he needs to be in school and I'm appealing to a young audience or whatever. But it's it's still just insane. It's also just, like, a a very, like, strong coming of age. Like, it's a very intense, like, growing up story. Uh Uh-huh. And it's, it's... it's cyclical too because his parents were 18 when they got married, 21 when they died. Yeah. Like 
Um, it's it's a horrible. I mean, children of war. Like the point Joe Rowling like makes when Teddy with Teddy when Lupin yeah. and Tonks die is that children of war will always exist and like it's it's cyclical and it's yeah. just so sad and horrible. Um, and he has one to thing f- I'll never. Oh, sorry. No, no, no you, no, go. you go. Okay, one thing I'll never forgive about uh, the movies. I mean, there's a lot. Hey, that should be our next podcast. Our next podcast should just be we'll binge, like, we'll Cinema read the books, scenes. and then we'll, yeah, just talking about how badly how? the movies, it's really remarkable how they took something so beautiful and in-depth, and it was like everything they needed was right in front of them, and then they just, like, fucked it. Like, they just blew it. Um, but one thing I will never, ever forget, this is the biggest thing, is that they portray James and Lily as, like, 46-year-olds. I was talking to Patrick, um, about Harry Potter. He, he's, I think he's read them. It's been a really long time that he, since he's read them. Uh Um, and, like, he, I'm such a huge fan, and he's, like, barely a casual fan. Um, and I was talking to him, and I was telling him how... I was I was watching this is it I was watching Order of the Phoenix no Prisoner uh-huh. of Azkaban I was watching okay. Prisoner of Azkaban <laughs> and I was mad because Gary Oldman and David uh, Thewlis who played Sirius and Lupin right are very old when they're, they're super pl- old so in in Prisoner of Azkaban they're supposed to be in their mid thirties right and both of them individually as characters have gone through a lot. So I understand how the studio might, um, what am I trying to say, like, might excuse casting older actors to play these younger characters because Uh Sirius has been in prison for 12 years. 12 years, right. Lupin. And Lupin's a werewolf. Has been turned into an animal once a month, so that's his thing. He, um, he's basically, like... Yeah, he's basically put through the ringer every single month, and he has. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He also doesn't have scars. He doesn't have that many it's, scars. That's that was another so thing frustrating. I was gonna bring up. He's supposed to have scars on his face. Um, I think the issue is that the movies focus too much on like the uh, the the golden trio, you know, and their characterization and the kids, and it's like no, everybody is important. Everybody is so important. All and lives like, matter. Uh, yeah, that. <laughs> that's what you um, should take away from the harry potter series yeah um but yeah they just like didn't they didn't put a whole lot of love into it they were just like oh yeah gary oldman could play a prisoner i think i don't think they really thought like okay how old was i mean i'm sure they had to have i guess they just didn't care they had to have been like okay well how old is serious what range of actors are we looking for you know and then they probably Apparently, did the math they had to, to know 70 <laughs> 40 to 70 Um, But, yeah, and, and then, and then Harry's parents, when you see them in Sorcerer's Stone, they look so old. And anyway, so this is what I was talking to Patrick about. I was talking to him about how I was mad that they casted older actors for the Marauders, um, when they were actually very young, and Harry shouldn't have seen, and I mean, gosh, some people are like, oh, well, he doesn't know that his parents were that young, but like... (laughs) He, like, just don't... James looks, like, 40. James looks 40 years old. And they were 20. They look older. No, he's, like, that actor that they had, he was, like, 
balding and stuff like that. He looked like 50. Yeah. I thought that Lily looked like 50. It was just like, yeah, they both had like wrinkles and stuff like that. Like, which even if you don't have great genes, at 21, you're not getting wrinkles. Like, no. No. Yeah. And that just, it just adds, it puts so much more weight on the fact that like, so Harry's coming up on the Wizarding War, right? Everybody knows it. Everybody's down. But like, this has happened before. Mm-hmm. And it's happened to people. I mean, Harry's 18. No, he's 17 he's in 17 Deathly Hallows. All throughout Hallows. it. He doesn't make it to his 18th birthday in Deathly Hallows. Um, he doesn't make it. No. I mean, technically he, no, not. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. He does. Um, but, like, it's happening. And, like, Cedric and... Th- oh, Cedric's dead. Who's the other one that comes back? Isn't when, there... When? Like, purse... Okay. Oh! I'm trying to think. Oh, I thought oh in the forest? Like, no, not in the forest. I'm trying to think of, like, a... Although, that's another moment that they fucked up. But, like, the image of just, like... Like, a bunch of kids, you know, standing around Harry, being like, mm-hmm. we're with you till the end. I mean, I still consider myself a kid. Mm. And James and Lily are a year older than me. God. I consider you kind of an adult. But that's because you're 24. Seems, like, so far away. I know. It Um, is. But, yeah. um, But, like, seeing, you know, Fred and, you know, Bill's, like, 24. Bill and Charlie are probably, like, 24, 26, maybe. Yeah, yeah, Like, seeing them fight in a war. Yeah, I think Percy's probably about 20. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, like, if... I think he's two years older, or three. Two or... At the most, three. I think he's two. No, Percy's three. The twins are two older than Ron. Good call. That is right. Yeah. So it's just like, it's just like, you know, I mean, they're kids. They're kids. And like, by not paying attention to that, then it just like loses a lot of the weight of it all. Of like being soldiers. Right. Organizing the school. Which like, this is something Joe Rowling messed up. I know we're not on Deathly Hollows, but like, just while we're here. yeah. That's kind of what it's turned into. It's fine. Nobody cares. While we're here... Yeah. Let's talk about how the Slytherins were not allowed to fight in the war. Yeah, dude. Fuck that. It's messed up. It's not, It really it's, is, because Slytherins aren't bad people. If they were terrible people, then, like, they would... What they would do if a kid came in and got sorted into Slytherin, then, like, the teachers would take that as a sign to be like, okay, this person needs special attention. Like, they need to learn how to use their powers, and we need to reshape their mind. So that they're not a bad person anymore. If that's how Slytherins were, then, like, that's what their curriculum would be. Right. If they if they had that sorting hat and they had the power to see whether or not they were going to be, quote-unquote, good witches or bad witches, you know? Yeah. And, like, <clears throat> so, you know, if, if they were really that type of person to just, like, not fight in the war, but... I don't know, I mean, like, yeah, they're cunning, and yeah, they're usually selfish people, like, those are their traits or whatever, but they're also just incredibly ambitious, and I feel like that means that a lot of them would be like, hell yeah, I'm fighting in the war. You know, like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. fighting for the greater good. I'm prolonging I you, my life. Right now, right now, if there were Slytherins around, I mean, there's Slytherins marching up and down the streets right now at anti-Trump rallies. Mm-hmm. Things like that, like, I don't know. If anything, I think the Slytherins would probably be helping lead it. Slytherins are leaders. Mm-hmm. I believe, I mean, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm part Slytherin. You're borderline. <laughs> I yeah, I'm on the edge. Um, I'm but, on the edge of glory. Um, good song, good song. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I'm trying to think of what I was going to say. Yeah, um, another good thing from that, this is actually from Harry Potter and the Sacred Text, which is a really good podcast. Um, uh, This this person called in and was talking about the sorting hat and how the sorting hat can see all these... the the sorting hat can see infinite possibilities within you yeah um and it so maybe okay so maybe hermione technically when you look at her she belongs more in ravenclaw Uh but the sorting hat can see that she can bring ravenclaw tendencies to gryffindor and like of course harry can Harry can bring Slytherin tendencies, and Ron can bring Hufflepuff tendencies to Gryffindor, and Luna can uh-huh. bring Hufflepuff tendencies to Ravenclaw, and like, right. you know, all these like, it's it's all these are Gryffindor tendencies to Ravenclaw, you know, whatever you want to, um, right? But like, uh, the Sorting Hat can like see all these different facets of your personality, but it can see where you're most needed, like that, yeah. Or, I think that's a really or, interesting. Maybe it's not even that uh, where you're most needed. Maybe it's like where you need the most. Yeah, so maybe that, if you that, are, maybe if you are like, so maybe you're maybe you're inherently like kind of Hufflepuffish. Maybe you're kind of like more of a supporter or something like that. But like. But you also have this really amazing potential to be this insane philosopher or inventor or something like that. So you get placed in Ravenclaw, which means you're going to be surrounded by a culture that encourages intelligence and, like, ambition and creativity and things mm-hmm. like that. So maybe, like, it's thrown into there. And, you know, you know Harry, uh, Harry, like, you know, honestly has the potential to turn out, like, Voldemort. I mean, they had really similar upbringings and things like that. And so what he needs is to be surrounded by people who are, like, brave and bold and ambitious. Harry's also been beaten down his entire life. Harry's been beaten down his entire life, and he needs to be surrounded by people who encourage, you know, people showing off and being the center of attention and things like that. So I just really think... And uh, also, like, considering the fact that Harry is the center of attention without even, like, wanting it just because he's the boy who lived... Like, maybe him being placed into Gryffindor helped him come to terms to that, as opposed to, like, if he was around a culture where that's not a cool thing, or that's not, like, a normal thing, then, um, because, I mean, all of the Gryffindors are pretty much like, look at me, look at me, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, or in my opinion, that's how I see it. I'm a Gryffindor, but, um, (laughs) like, you know, if, if Harry had been placed into Hufflepuff, we're like... He would have been so, you know, revered, like, the boy who lived. Oh, my God. As opposed to he's surrounded by a bunch of Gryffindors that are like, yeah, he lived. Whatever. I could probably do that. You know? Mm-hmm. So maybe it just provided a safer space. I like that idea. I just came up with that whenever you said that. I think that's a really good... See, and that's why I love these... I mean, like, these books, like, they're they're classics like because you can go back to them and you can have all these different readings and like you can find all these really cool ways to interpret the text uh-huh um i i just love harry i just love harry potter you guys um, i love harry potter i really want i want another tattoo i have one in my mind i want but, another but, i already have a harry potter tattoo too i'm getting i'm getting another tattoo this weekend oh what's it gonna be I think I'm going to get an anatomical moth, like a really detailed one, like that you'd see in, like, a biology textbook. 
I don't know. Do they teach mm-hmm. you about moths and biology? But yeah, that's what I want to get. Could. I'm gonna get it on my arm. I'm gonna start. Wa- I'm gonna start working on my collage on my arm. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. I want. Um, um, I told you about the one that I want. The new one, right? Which one? Have I? It's really cool. I, don't I have know. a really just the, it's just a Harry Potter half sleeve. Um, you'd rock and an half it sleeve. Is, yeah, I because I only exclusively wear tank tops. That's like all I wear. <laughs> um, it really is for years. That's all you've worn. But uh, no, what's for your my half tattoo, sleeve? I really want. Um, I really want. Uh, it's kind of hard to describe, but so I want Hogwarts in the background, and I want like a full moon, and okay. I want the Marauders in their animagi form. Okay. Um, like running around, running across the ground. So like, I want Lupin in the front, and then like Sirius, James, and Peter. Um, uh huh. And I want it to be, and they're on like the ground. And I want it to be all encircled by wolfsbane and willow, willow okay. um, branches. And that's it. That's what I want. That's super. It's cool. gonna be really cool. I, like I have this that. really, I have this really good vision of it in my mind, and I can't wait to find an artist that like understands and can do it well. Yeah, um, that's super cool. I like it. But yeah. Anyway, so I love the Marauders, you guys. Um, <laughs> That's another that's another thing like I started caring more about the Marauders before I reread the series this last time and then uh-huh. I reread it with with them in mind and so like like this time I read uh I've been reading Sorcerer's Stone and Sirius Black is brought up like in the second chapter or the first chapter Right It's the first chapter when Her- Hagrid he says young Sirius Black let me his motorbike and Yeah I'm like he is young He's 21. I know. He's a little baby. Actually, he was 20 at that point. He was 20 because he turned he turned 21. Um, actually, he got arrested, like, the day before, or, like, four days before. He, did he get arrested the day of James and Lily's death? No. Or did he get arrested, like, later? I thought he got arrested later because um, Peter goes into hiding but he and, then arrested, he, and then like, Sirius hunts him down. Twenty first birthday. I have. You are the person that I would ask about this. I have no idea. If you don't know, nobody knows. He his birthday is November third, and they died on Halloween. I don't know the day they got he got arrested. I'd have to reread um, Prisoner of Azkaban. Anyway, right. um, yeah. So. Um, Forget these questions. We've done we've done just fine I all know. on our own. Uh, my friends are texting me. I was, <laughs> it's eight thirty right now. I was supposed to go meet my friends at eight at their apartment. We're just hanging out. We're not doing anything, so it doesn't matter. But they're texting me, being like, "Are you still <laughs> podcasting?" And I'm just I'm not responding. Yes. But. Are you kidding me? Yeah, we ooh, need to. Ooh, we do need to one. wrap it up, though. Oh, okay, then never mind. Wait, what's um, the question? Okay, it's um. When finding their way to the Sorcerer's Stone, what strengths do Harry, Ron, and Hermione each contribute to solving the puzzles? Um, that's 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 like part one of a three-part question, but I think that's the most interesting part. That's I mean, that's pretty simple. Just, is that like Hermione's the logic, uh, Ron's the Ron's the strategy, and like the guts, you know? God, and I then, love Ron. I love. And then Ron. Harry's the action. Harry's very much mm-hmm. a soldier. Which would make Ron, like, the general, you know? 
and then Hermione mm-hmm. the strategist. Although Ron can yeah, be quite Hermione's... the strategist too. But that's why I love these books. That's why I love these characters. Um, man, I whatever. I could talk about it forever. I don't know why. I know I spent, we really like, could. Significant. I spent like um, because I I. I I got all the books, and then the last book came out when I was 14, and then I spent, like, three years of my life not caring, <laughs> and then when I got back into it, like, I fell hard. Yeah. And it's just been downhill. It's just been downhill since I was 17. Yeah. Beth Beth likes Harry Potter more than most people I know like Harry Potter. Like, Beth likes Harry Potter more than I like Harry Potter, and I love Harry Potter. I don't know. I it's just like I I've been trying to think about why it like resonates so much with me and why I care about it so much and I just think Well, you've like you've always had know. a passion for fiction and like world building and things like that. So I think it's just it's just like that in general and they're just being presented with such an amazing piece of literature that has you know, it satisfies everything you like everything you need from a book, you know? And then mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like, I think that's the main thing that drives it, is that you're you're very passionate about fiction and about, like, the written word. Mm. As opposed to, like, me, I'm and more passionate about movies and TV and things like that. Mm-hmm. That type of art. Yeah. I think that's yeah, where it comes I don't from. Know. Okay, it's, I really, I really do need to go, Beth. Okay. All right, guys, thanks for listening. It sucks. I can't believe whenever, right before we started this podcast, I was like, Beth, what are we going to talk about? Are we really, do we really have new things to say about Harry Potter for another 40 minutes? <laughs> turns out and we turns do. out the answer is always going to be yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, All right. I'm out of here, people. All right, All right bye, guys. Goodbye. Bye. Okay.